I am C-3PO. Han Solo. I got him! You don't know the power of the dark side. You were the chosen one! Execute Order 66. Hello, hello guys. Back again, Blaster Fire. We're going to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi today, the series. I think Nick and I got a lot of thoughts about it. Mostly positive, I, I would, would say. say. mostly positive, yeah. Yeah, I think they did a pretty good job. Um, I have a couple of, I don't know, gripes. I don't think they're really huge gripes because I did like the show overall. And, you know, we can get into that too. But I'm actually really surprised that the show even happened. Like, I I didn't think even McGregor would ever come back. Yeah, I mean, I think we were all always hopeful that yeah. he would, but I just think that it just felt like a, it's like a pipe dream. Yeah, I, and, you know, there's always these kind of stray stories about this could happen, you know, even McGregor is interested, it could, and then, you know, and then nothing ever happens, but it actually did. And I did read an article, and supposedly the series was meant to be a movie or even a trilogy of movies. Yeah, that's what I heard. Just focused on Obi-Wan's arc and during that time. So we'll just set the scene here. It's 10 years after Episode 3, right? The events of Episode 3. And we're, we're sort of bridging the gap between 3 and 4. It takes place before Star Wars Rebels takes place before rogue one let's talk about you know maybe your expectations uh, you know we all had some certain things that we wanted to happen in the show what what did you want to see in the show i don't even know what i wanted to see like like i think i've learned over time to try to keep my expectations like well like tr- to try to keep specific expectations out of things Cause that there, that it never happens. Like what I, the way I would write something is just never what happens. So I kind of just like stopped doing that. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I expected to see. I, I think one thing specifically that I really did not want to see, and they did a great job of proving me wrong. I did not want Obi-Wan and Vader to fight again. I did not want that to happen. I didn't even want them to come in direct contact with each other. I just felt like it was going to really mess up the dialogue on the Death Star in episode four. Yeah. I, I was, I really thought, I'm like, there's no way they can make this. Like his whole, like, I was the learner comment in episode four. I'm like, there's no way they're going to make that not about episode three. Like, yeah. I, I just didn't think it was possible. And, and I really, and, and we'll get to that, but I really think they proved me wrong. Um, cause I thought their interactions were fantastic and, and it was, it ended up being really, really well done. But yeah, I was, so that, that was one thing that I, I wouldn't say I expected it, but I just didn't want it to happen. I was hoping maybe Vader's whole like part in the story was just going to be him, like basically giving the Inquisitors their jobs. Cause like the Inquisitors basically just work for Vader. Like they, they, Vader was the first person to hunt down the Jedi. And now he's hiring some more force users to hunt down the Jedi. And I just thought it would be like him either training them or giving them their, their targets essentially. And that's not what happened at all. 
So I, I guess, I guess I did have some expectations or some wants and it ended up being very different, but mostly in good ways. Yeah. I feel like the, the main thing that I was reading and for me and for you that people were worried about is that it would screw up episode four, you know, cause this, it's the very first star Wars. I mean, it's near and dear to our hearts. And it was so important that interaction between Obi-Wan and Vader in that movie. And it's like, if you come in here, how many years later and you screw that up, man, they're going to be fans with pitchforks and yeah. torches, you know, at Disney headquarters because they could have really screwed it up. They had to be so careful. Like, yeah. like, I don't think that can be overstated, like how careful they really had to be because they have so much canon before and after this series the where, where they decided to put this series with an ex, with existing characters you know like rogue one you can say say something similar like oh well rogue one's smack dab in the middle of the canon story too but they got all new characters they can do whatever the heck they want with them yeah these are existing characters that that we know how they act what happens to them and yeah, they they just they really had to be careful and and I think they really were. Yeah. I think the people who made this show, the showrunners, I mean they took it very seriously. The canon like the they obviously understood the attachment that people had to these characters. Like they took that seriously, you know, and they had to do it right. And I do think 95 to 99% they nailed it. Like they did a really good job. Um I guess that sort of leads me into my next thing, which is just the general tone of the show, which you and I have discussed. I think it's the darkest live action Star Wars content out there. Absolutely. I mean, it might be the darkest. I mean, even including non live action. I mean, you're seeing, you know, in episode three, you know, Anakin just like flicks on his lightsaber and we know he's going to kill kids at that scene. But now you're seeing him kill children and you're not just seeing the lightsaber you're seeing his face his remorseless face as he stabs and cuts children in half yeah that's <laughs> that's pretty like is this disney <laughs> right <laughs> um you know and then he you know when he's on um where were they when he's trying to draw obi-wan out and he's just killing people in the street yeah um I don't remember the name. It's that that mining town yeah. or whatever. Um, but yes, yeah. And he's just murdering people. Like a kid, one of them was a child, right? Like a teenager or something, and he snaps his neck. Yeah. We, we, and I, I know we're going to get into to gripes a little later, but this is not a gripe of my own. This is something that other people have said and I, I disagree with. Uh, some people didn't like that scene because they were like, oh, Vader isn't just a merciless killer for no reason. He... Uh, he, everything he does is is calm and calculated. I was like, calm? No, first of all. No, he's angry. Just no to that. He's he's never calm. He's Everything is done just out of rage. But secondly, as far as calculated, because Vader is often very calculated, it was a calculated decision to mercilessly kill those people in the street. He's trying to draw out Obi-Wan. Yeah. That was his point. He wasn't just like, oh, I can't find him, and then killing people because he couldn't find him. He's like, no, no. I know Obi-Wan, and he's not just going to let all these innocent people just die, and I'm just, I'm just going to keep killing them until he, until he reveals himself. Like That was a calculated decision, 
and also not calm, and that also is in line with Vader's character. He's not a calm person. He, he, he you know, in episode four, he just chokes out one of his coworkers in a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> Vader isn't calm. He's waiting. <laughs> that's that's he's not calm he's a very angry person yeah very angry so i like the dark tone like i i think there was because episode three was dark yeah like it was it was the only one that had a pg-13 rating i remember that there were the rest of them were pg oh, i did not know that but they i think they captured you know the last half an hour 40 minutes of episode three and they translated that into this whole other show. And I loved episode three. I mean, that was, even then, it was my favorite because it was dark. Because it's someone going to the dark side. Like, that's, I have always wanted adult Star Wars content. Like, yeah. Like, if we, if we have the dark side, we establish, establish a dark side in this universe, let's show the dark side. Right. You know? Like, let's do some dark stuff. And they did. They absolutely did that. I feel like the phrase in my head is, it was a show made by adults for adults. Yes. That's what it felt like to me, you know? And Star Wars has always had some sort of campiness to it. Right. You know, a lot of it having to do with droids, (laughs) maybe. And that's a whole other side thing from a previous podcast about why it's funny. Right. But I'm trying to think, I mean, were there points in this show that, were campy it really didn't feel that way no no i I wouldn't that's definitely not the word i would use for any for anything in the show i i wouldn't say campy yeah the 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 word i have in my head is like adventure there's a lot of this spirit of adventure in star wars yeah you know it's like this swashbuckling we're on an adventure you know and kind of funny stuff is happening while people are shooting at us right kind of a vibe Yes. yes And Obi-Wan was like a character study. Right. That's basically what it was on Obi-Wan and Vader. And so it's different, and but it's a welcome. It's kind of refreshing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if, all, if all Star Wars was as dark as Obi-Wan, I don't think I would like that. But I loved how dark Obi-Wan was. Well, and I don't think it was dark for any random reason. It needed to be dark. Yeah. It's, yeah. Because the story itself is dark. It's really dark. Yeah. You know, it's about a broken man. It starts off with Obi-Wan as just this guy, not even in a house. He's in a cave, just defeated, blaming himself for, you know, what happened with him and Anakin. Just, I mean, he does have this mission to protect Luke. Yeah, I also really liked that. I really liked Obi-Wan Obi-Wan being this this defeated person. I liked that a lot. And some people didn't like that. Didn't didn't like seeing Obi-Wan that way cuz he's just this beloved character. He's the savior of Star Wars and and I thought it was I thought it was great. I thought I mean, I thought it was great seeing knowing that about Obi-Wan, knowing what he is and what he was and who he is when later on when he's old then seeing this moment of weakness for him where he's just so distraught over everything and he's just cut himself off from the force and he's trying to live a normal life and he's not even helping people that need help like he's just 
a different person. I thought that was important to see. I, I don't, I don't want my characters to be perfect all the time. And I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little hypocritical in saying that because I don't like some decisions that have been made about Luke, um, in some recent content, but, um, and I do kind of feel like Luke should be perfect all the time, but that's another conversation. Yeah. Um, but I liked seeing Obi-Wan not perfect all the time. I thought it was, I thought it was great. And to see him it, like in six episodes, Obi-Wan had great character development on his own. He just had his own great character development and coming back to the force and well, really like reaching his full potential. I mean, we never saw Obi-Wan as powerful right as we did here in the show. I read a theory today about that and we haven't talked about it. So we'll yeah. we talk about that once we get to that point. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it would if he was a Pokemon, he reached his final form. Yes. <laughs> but, well, I mean, his arc is basically moving from the character at the end of episode three to Alec Guinness. You know, we need to move from one to the other. And by the time he is Alec Guinness, and he's older now, he's an old man, but he is also at peace with who he is. He's accepted something about Vader. And he's understood now that his purpose has to do with Luke and Leia now. Yes. That is his purpose now. Yeah. And one, one thing you had talked about um, when, you know, this is kind of going back to the expectations topic, um, that you were like, they need to make it so that once we're in episode four, Obi-Wan believes there is no redeeming Anakin. You know, we, we, we can't have this whole Obi-Wan series being... Obi-Wan trying to get Anakin back because in episode four, Obi-Wan's like only a master of evil Darth. And like, and you know, like he just, he talks about him as a different person. He doesn't even talk about him as Anakin. He like Ben believes there's no saving Vader in episode four. We had to get to that point. And I was a little worried that we weren't going to get to that point. And that is exactly what we got. Yeah. And not only is it a show made by adults, but very smart adults too. I think they really understood the character of Obi-Wan. Yeah. You know, and what it, what needed to happen for him to, for it to make sense by the time you get to episode four. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I was worried that they were going to like, I was worried that they were going to pick and choose which lines to, but no, like I think the, the writers for Obi-Wan, I mean, they had to have watched, a new hope in like paid attention to every detail yeah, to make it, to make it work because they had this whole thing figured out. Yeah. I mean, they, they took continuity very seriously and I appreciate that as a fan. Cause I feel like they respected us enough to take that stuff seriously because we take it seriously. Yeah. I think they took continuity significantly more seriously than George Lucas did. <laughs> Honestly, like yeah. yeah for real and they they had to insert that well before the show came out you know i would question like how necessary is this show yeah like i'm like i'm happy to see ewan mcgregor back but like do we really need this yeah and then having watched it i'm like it actually really adds things you know it doesn't it's not just like there just for fan service or to make money it actually adds to the universe 
Yes. It adds to Obi-Wan's character. It adds to Leia's character. It adds to, you know what I mean? It like, does. These other things. It adds a lot to the original trilogy, I think. Yeah. Cause like, you know, we, we have some other media that is there trying to do a similar thing and just is not necessary. Solo being what I'm referring to. Like Solo, I, I mean, I don't think Solo is a terrible movie. I think it's better than some of the other content we've gotten in recent years, but. It's really unnecessary. I mean, I did not need to see the Kessel Run. I actually liked the mystery behind it, you know. Um, and yeah, like you said, after watching Obi Wan, it's like, it's like now it's hard to imagine the story without it. Like it was like it really feels necessary. It, it answers questions that I didn't know I had. Yeah, and it's there's so much new content. Maybe not so much, but some of the new content it feels like it's not it's not necessary or sort of like why is this here or whatever but with this show it's more like welcome to the family you know welcome to our universe and you fit right in yes right here in between this media and this media and and another thing about the the continuity thing that i i really like is they didn't just care about movie continuity they also cared about rebels continuity they bring in a main character from rebels they bring in the grand inquisitor and I mean, and and the the fifth brothers from Rebels too, but specifically the Grand Inquisitor. Um, I don't know. I, I personally was really worried about the portrayal of the Grand Inquisitor. Supposedly, the actor that was going to play him had never even seen Rebels, and I'm like, he's not even going to act anything like him. He sure as heck doesn't look anything like him. Um, and and I still have some minor gripes with his appearance, but as far as his portrayal, I I do not believe. That he still has not watched any scenes from Rebels. I do not believe that. That that is what articles say. I do not believe that because he talks like him. He acts like the Grand Inquisitor from Rebels. Um, and then they, you know, they quote kill him in like the first or second episode of the show, and everyone's like, "Well, this is supposed to take place before Rebels, right?" There's no way he's dead. But I think in the back of our minds, we're all like, "I really hope he's not dead because that's not going to make any sense." Yeah. Um, and no, they, they really cared about continuity with that too. And like people are like bombarding the, the Disney and Lucasfilm and, you know, whatever other means of contacting them with like, how can you do this? This is just totally tearing th things we love apart. And they just kept having to say, just wait. They kept sending out tweets like, all of your questions will be answered. Like, don't have us spoil this for you now. Just watch all six episodes, and then if you have questions, you can ask them. Yeah. You know, and they really answered just about everything. And a couple of the answers I like better than others, but at least they answered them all. Yeah, it's like calm, my children. Yeah, all will be answered. Just yes, everyone was in such a tizzy after episode two when he got murdered. Yeah, quote, quote murdered. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. In the back of my head, I was like. There's no way. I mean, he can't be yeah. dead. Yeah, same. So you just have to kind of like be patient. We are, we are patient. I um, do um I do want to talk about his his appearance real quick. Yeah. Because everyone's like the the Grand Inquisitor you know doesn't look anything like the way he looks in Rebels. And I'm like that's true, but no one in Rebels looks anything like the way they look on on the like live action, like old Ben's face shape is not like that. 
like Dooku's Clone Wars face shape is nothing like like it, it's it's animation. So I wasn't I didn't really care about him looking like the Grand Inquisitor from Rebels, but I did care about the fact that he doesn't look like other members of his species from Episode Three. I think they're a uh, Powan Powan whatever. Yeah, from Utapau. Yes, and um, he doesn't look anything like him. I mean. I, I still have a gripe about that. Like, and I, and I, before it came out, I was justifying it, but being like, well, with that amount of makeup and they got the prosthetic on the top of their head to make their heads elongated, it, it, he's probably going to be fighting in this series and it's really, really hard to shoot with the head prosthetic and the makeup while he's having to do like his own stunts. No, he didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a great character for the scenes he was in i'm not this has nothing to do with how i feel about his his portrayal it's just i'm not disappointed in his lack of fighting but i'm disappointed in the fact that since he wasn't fighting really except for very briefly in episode two might then as well, well make him look correctly yes exactly and and i just yeah i don't i don't really like that he he doesn't look palin at all to me yeah. Yeah, he has the lines on his forehead and the white face and the makeup. And I think he had the sharp teeth. You barely get to see his teeth ever, but I think he had the sharp teeth he's supposed to have. But the head shape was like just not there at all. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what what the thought process was there. I mean, that species is pretty ugly. <laughs> I don't know if they were like, we don't, this guy is... He was made to be a one-off, I'm sure, at the time. Yeah. Episode three, and he just, because of this other side media crap, he is the same species. We don't really like the way he looks. Let's just not have him look that way. Like, I, I don't know if that's the reason. That might be it. Yeah. I, they're just like, he's hideous. We don't want. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you know what? We're just going to change the way they look. And. <laughs> The ones in episode three were just especially ugly, and and that's just the way it, that's just the way it's going to be. And they don't all look like that. They're from a different part of Utapau. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a yeah, just a slightly different hmm. Powan race. The acting was fine. It was good. He's, he's like the quintessential evil British man. Yes, of course. You know, just British accent. Yes, I am evil, and I will speak. <laughs> As I am from Britain, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was fine. Whatever he he was there. I I think what I was concerned about more was integrating this very relatively new element in the universe, which is the Inquisitors, into something that is very close to the oldest media, Episode Four. Yes, and having it work because you have a lot of old fans who have to try and now accept this new stuff that's, according to the timeline, it's all, it's right there. It's right before mm-hmm. the other stuff. Right. And have it feel correct or have it, you know. Right. Because that was hard when they did the prequels. And, and the prequels are quite a number of years separated from the originals. And it was still hard to try to be like these is these are supposed to be the same galaxy like they feel very different yeah um now like like you said it's butting right up against the you know the other movies like it's getting a lot closer to the original trilogy and you have even newer content that's being put in it yeah they made it work 
Can I just say, yeah, I, I think they did make, make it work. Can I just say, I am extremely happy that nobody was flying around on a spinning lightsaber. <laughs> yes, I am. I am very happy that they left that out entirely. They still had the spinning lightsabers, but they didn't have them fly around because like you said in the lightsabers podcast, if it looks silly in animation, it's going to look silly live action. Yeah. I think the only times they used it, one was sort of like this scary effect that they wanted where the Grand Inquisitor was about to kill someone. Yeah, just that intimidation factor. Yeah, it was the intimidating part. And then there was uh, the other time with Reva, right? Yeah, when she's fighting Vader, yeah. Thing. She's like backing up and she's like, doesn't know what to do. So she's like, I'll just spin this. Yeah. And Vader's like, you will not spin this. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Um, As far as myself and the expectations thing, I think maybe the biggest thing that I did not expect, but I certainly didn't have a problem with later, was Leia. I don't know how many people expected that. I can't imagine a single person. Yeah, that was out of left field. But once it started happening, it totally made sense. Yeah. You know, uh, great actress. I don't know what that little girl's name is. I I did. I forgot. Yeah, off the top of my head. But very good job. They definitely found the right girl for that. Yeah, you know, and some people were like, "Oh, she's like." Some people like didn't like how spunky she was. Like she should be more afraid of it. And like, no, no, this this is Leia. This is, this is Leia. This is perfectly in line with how Princess Leia acts. Like this is this is clearly the same character. It felt like the same character. It felt like Carrie Fisher's Leia as a child. Yeah, because in episode four, she's freaking kicking Chewie down the, <laughs> you know, it's like she's like, get in there, into the garbage chute, flyboy, and she's got a gun and yeah. she's firing back. Like, that's Leia. Right. Like, it makes absolute sense that she would be this precocious little girl, you know, and all the main characters had an arc, and that little girl also had an arc, which I thought was very, very good filmmaking. I mean, she started off as a girl who basically didn't like her situation in life. She didn't like being a princess. She knew that her parents were not her biological parents. She didn't really want to be an Organa, you know, and she didn't, she just didn't like that. She didn't like her life as a princess. And so by the end of it, there's that scene with her and Obi-Wan, you know, it's an emotional scene. Obi-Wan's describing her parents and then at one point she, you know, he's like, I wish I could tell you more. And she's like, you don't have to. And she looks at her parents and she's like, that's okay. You don't have to. These are my parents. You know, she accepts that, yeah, that the Organas are her parents and she does have to be a princess. She has to do these social functions. It's who she is. And I think that was, that was her arc. Cause right in the middle, I think it was episode three. She asks Obi-Wan, one of my favorite scenes in the whole show, are you my father? Mm-hmm. You know, are you my real father? And that was so touching. I love that. You know, because she obviously has, she's curious about her past. Yeah. You know, she has suspicions about stuff that happened. And she knows that Obi-Wan is a part of that. And she's like, she draws that line. Like, are you my father? Right. You know, and she's genuinely curious. And which then all these memes come out about obi-wan and padme 
Yeah, which, I mean, that theory has been around for a fat minute, though. Yeah. I mean... And I think people who subscribe to that were like, see? Yeah. There was something there. <laughs> yeah. It, no. No, there wasn't. Stop. Stop. Yeah, yeah stop. <laughs> that That's not, not what happened. You know, and very genuinely, Obi-Wan's like, I wish I was for completely understandable reasons. Yeah. You know, Although not, that, then those theory people are like, oh, he wishes he was because he wanted to be with Padme. Yes. Not that reason. That's not what he means. That's not what he means. Um, also, with that particular scene, this was one of my favorite parts of the entire series. Obi-Wan talks about his past before he was in the Order, and that has never been explored. You know, right. It had not ever been spoken about up until that point from very few Jedi, and not at all with Obi-Wan. He talks about, you know, he uses the word taken. He is taken from his family. He says, as, you know, we're young, we are taken from our families. And there's a little bit of regret, maybe resentment yeah. that he was taken, you know? Yeah, and I, that, that's actually a lot of a lot of fans or just people's argument against the Jedi is they're kind of just like taking children away from their families. And, and I, I do think it needs to be like reiterated that no one's kidnapping anyone. Like the families also have to agree to this. Yeah. Still, the, the, your, your point stands. Obi-Wan is a kid. He didn't understand why he's being taken from his parents. But I just want to reiterate for the people who like, are like, basically implying that the Jedi Order just kidnaps children to become <laughs> child soldiers. Yeah, it's pretty extreme. It's, that's, that's not quite where we're at here. It's like they're identified to be Force-sensitive, and then they're approached by the Jedi, and then it's really up to the parents if they want their child to be to to be taken and trained as a Jedi or not. Um, but yeah, as a kid, I mean... You're not going to fully understand. I mean, Anakin did, but he was the oldest youngling, like, ever. Like, but... Yeah. I just like that it added a layer to this character that wasn't there before. You know? That there's this small part of him that wonders about his life. You know, what it might have been, maybe, if he hadn't become a Jedi. You know? And I just... I love that. I thought that was so good. It was completely new. You know? And I... I'm very happy for Ewan that he was able to explore that character more. Yeah. You know, on a deeper level than had been done before that. Um, so, yes. So, Leia, for me, that was probably the biggest surprise. You know, that whole thing. I had wanted to, and I, and I talked with you about it before the series came out. I really wanted to see more of a transition from the Vader from episode three to the Vader in episode four. And I thought maybe that it's like, you know, there, there might be some ambivalence there still with Vader. Like I am not completely to the dark side. They went in a different direction. I kind of understand why, because they wanted to keep the focus on Obi-Wan and his arc. So it was more of like Vader just was evil you know, he he was the episode four Vader that we knew. Um, and the arc they really wanted to focus on was Obi-Wan. So they needed Vader to just remain evil throughout. And it was really up to Obi-Wan to accept that. Right. And that's really what it came down to. And I'm okay with that. You know, I, I think it would have been some fertile ground f 
for stuff to explore for Hayden Christensen. But at the end of it, I'm okay with it, you know, because the show's called Obi-Wan. Right. It's not called Vader or Anakin. Yeah, and and a lot of it, and I know this is not the answer a lot, because a lot of people want what you're talking about from Vader. They want to get the same, the, they want to get that from Vader, whether like maybe in a Vader series, like, like, okay, we had to focus on Obi-Wan for this, but we still want that for Vader to, to see that transition. And this is not the answer that most of those people wanting that want, but if you want to see that transition, it it's in other media. It's in the Vader comic series. It's in like, we do see it elsewhere. I know you want to see a live action, but if you really want to see it, it does exist in other Canon media. And because these writers do care so much about the Canon, I don't think they're going to overwrite existing books and comics to, to create their live action thing. And like, and I know I've brought up this this series a lot over the past few podcasts, but the 2017 Vader comic series explores that a lot. It's like right after him becoming Vader, and um, so the 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 answers people want exist. It's just they want to watch it, not read it. Yeah, they want the live action stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. we got some of it. I mean, we got some of it in Rebels. Yeah, with you know, and especially in his like fight with Ahsoka, we got it some of it Mm -hmm. and then we got even more of it in obi-wan and anakin's or obi-wan invaders last fight in the obi-wan series yeah we're still getting some of it but but like you said it's a show about obi-wan yeah he's they got to make him the main focus and and i'm okay with that you know yeah i wouldn't have want him to be overshadowed by vader in his own series i wouldn't have wanted that for him i wouldn't have wanted that for the character or for ewan yeah well from a from a filmmaking standpoint when you write characters you have a protagonist and an antagonist as we were taught in school and the protagonist goes through a change that's one of the defining characteristics of your main protagonist is that they have to be different by the end of the movie than when they started but the antagonist they don't have to change. Some some do. Some have an arc, but they don't have to. They're really just there to cause the change in the protagonist. You know? And that's that's the route that they went in Obi-Wan is that Vader, he just was who he was. And it was really just there for Obi-Wan to go through this realization that his friend is gone. Yes. I mean, that's really what it was he was there for. Um you know, I think that's not to say that the, they didn't explore Vader a little bit more. I think they did. I think they just fleshed his character out a little bit more. Yeah. Explained why he did some of the things that he did. Yeah. And, and I mean, to, to some extent, we've had six movies to explore Vader. That's true. <laughs> y- you know, it's like he's had a whole saga to himself, essentially. I mean, I know he's not the protagonist in the in the original series. I mean, yeah, in in the original trilogy, but I mean, he's still a, he's still a big part of the original trilogy and goes through a change of his own in the original trilogy. And then he has his own three movies essentially. And Obi-Wan's there too. But I mean, Anakin was really the protagonist of the prequels. It's like, we've gotten a lot of Anakin slash Vader. Yeah. We didn't, 
we don't need another Vader arc, in my opinion. I know a lot of people want it, but... Well, I think, for me at least, one of the things that they explored a little, which I liked, which was kind of interesting, is that it kind of... um you kind of visualized or kind of nailed the point home of like the kind of torture his existence is in that suit. Oh yeah. You know, they show him like being constructed and, and when he's damaged at the end there, I mean, he's kind of gasping for air mm-hmm. and he's, I mean, he should not be alive. Right. You know, he's being artificially kept alive by this suit and it's, it's torture for him. I mean, his, his existence, he's like a zombie really. Yeah, and I don't, I don't remember, I can never remember which parts of this are canon and which parts of this are legends, but in some media somewhere it talks about how Vader's suit is like designed to be uncomfortable and to basically be a prison for him by Palpatine. And there's like, I don't remember if it's like in a visual dictionary or somewhere or what, but there's like a breakdown of of how his suit works and like how horrible it is to live in it and that sucks yeah <laughs> i mean i mean it'll just nail the point home even more about how terrible palpatine is right i mean i guess in a really messed up way it does make sense because if you're keeping him in pain all the time or sort of being tortured, he can then redirect all of that toward his enemies, you know? And in Obi-Wan's case, I mean, the amount of rage he has toward Obi-Wan is off the charts. I mean, he really hates that guy. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. um, I don't know at at what point you want to talk about their final fight. I mean, that's, that's going to be our final fight in this yeah, podcast. Okay. Okay. Cool. Not, not then, a then fight. Will, but you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah I yeah. will. Yeah. We'll, we'll save that then. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. We will get to that. Um, I knew you wanted to, to mention the fifth brother a little bit. I don't have all that much to say about the fifth brother except for one thing. Yeah. In that I really liked his voice in the first couple episodes. And then I felt like, the like filter kind of thing they had on it, this like half human, half, I don't know what to call it. This like synthesized voice he had kind of went away toward the end of Hmm. the series. I don't know. I didn't feel like it was as prominent. Maybe it was just my ears, but I don't know. He had this bassy resonant quality to his voice. And I felt like he didn't have it later. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's my imagination, but I felt like it was, I mean, it was there, but I didn't feel like it was as much as it was in like the first episode. He also talked less, but still. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I didn't really pay attention if it was there or not or or whatever. I will say an interesting take on the Inquisitors, which was new, was that there was a dissension among them. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were just in Rebels. They're just a unit, you know, or in Fallen Order. You know, they just, they're a group and it's not like there's infighting. If there was, it was off screen. Right. But in the show, I mean, they're, they're arguing with each other. I mean, specifically with Reva. Yeah. You know, and I mean, we can get in her a little. She has her own whole arc. Um, well, let's do it. Let's talk about Reva. Let's go into her arc. Um, she got criticism 
online and stuff. And, you know, we don't have to go too far into it. But in my opinion, it had to do with her race. I mean, I think that she is unfairly judged because of the way she looks. And maybe it's a subliminal thing that some aren't even aware of. But I know that, you know, certainly the kind of remarks that were directed toward her and it was toward the actress. Yes, I mean, some of the comments were blatantly racist. I mean, some of it was, like, clearly not subliminal anything. Some of it was just, I mean, some people said some really harsh, very blatantly racist things. Yeah, and I think whether people realize it or not, they can uh, judge a character overly harshly. They can be overly critical because of this kind of implicit bias, maybe, that they have. I don't know if they're threatened by, you know, somebody, uh, the way they look in this right at the center of this show that they hold near and dear or what? Like I said, I don't want to go too far into that aspect of it. But as far as her actual character and her arc, I did have an issue, not the arc itself, but kind of how long it took. Yeah, the the, the pacing of it. To get, to get to where they were going. I mean, because they were just like teasing it out and teasing it out. And in my opinion, they could have... They could have done it faster. I mean, from the beginning, we know she's that kid, that that youngling in the first episode. Like, it was most of us, I feel like, put two and two together. Um, so, yeah, like, why, why wait so long? It, like, it was this huge reveal. Yeah. You know, I, I think we needed that. We needed to understand her motivation more because she's so angry. She's so, you know, just ruthless. And that'll fly for a while, but at some point you got to be like, okay, what is this girl's deal? Yeah. You know, like what, what is her problem? Like, why is she doing all of this? I I did think one thing that was interesting with the direction they took her arc when they eventually got to it was that it, okay, so, so she's actually been like hunting Vader this whole time, essentially, or like trying to get close to him so that she can eventually take him out. But they didn't make it like she's this secret good guy. Like that's not what they made it. And I was worried that's what they were going to do. It'd be like, oh, she she's actually fighting for the light. And it's like, no, you can't do that because she's done some really horrible things so far. Um, They didn't do that with her. Like, yeah, she's trying to get close to Vader so she can kill him. But it's not because she's a good person. It's not because she's a secret Jedi. It's because she's angry, and it's directed at another antagonist. Well, if anything, it shows that she has fallen to the dark side because she's succumbing to revenge. Right. You know, it's it's more of a Darth Maul situation. Right. That's how I see it. It's like, he's de- he's not a good guy. He's not, you know, he's not on the light side. He taps into the dark side of the Force, and it makes him powerful. He's just not a Sith. Right. You know, and and Riva, you know, she she was just directing it all. Well, not directing it at Vader, but she was having all of this rage because of Vader, and eventually she wanted to to use it on him. And Obi Wan took advantage of that. But I was like, are they going to have Obi Wan like turn her good for this fight against Vader? No, he just used her because he knew she wanted to fight Vader anyway, and he cleverly used her to his advantage because he knew that's what she wanted. And I thought that was smart. Yeah. Not every person, like not every antagonist who hates another antagonist needs to become a protagonist. 
Yeah. You know, like she's, she's still a bad guy. She's just fighting another bad guy. And that, that was good that they did it that way. Yeah. And Obi-Wan saw it as the enemy of my enemy is my friend at this point. Right. You know, once she kind of out with her past and her motivations, um, actually just like right at this moment, listening to you and sort of thinking about the situation, I actually kind of like the arc more because my issue with it, maybe a little bit, was that it seemed a little unbelievable that you would like your cover is that deep that for so many years, you know, you, you hadn't attempted this sooner. You know, I mean, this is like, how long did this go on? Right. But I guess it kind of makes sense because her rage wasn't only directed at Vader. She hated the Jedi, too. Yeah. Because she felt like they failed her. They didn't protect and, her. And she hated Obi-Wan because yeah. the person she hates was trained by Obi-Wan. Yeah. So she hates his guts, too. Yeah. You know? And so this was, like, the perfect opportunity for her to, like, screw Obi-Wan, screw Vader. You know, it's kind of like they hate each other or they have an issue. Like, screw both of you. Yeah. You failed me and you killed me, basically. You know, and Vader stabbed her. Um, right. Well, he killed her identity. Yeah. You know, he killed her as she was at that point and then turned her into something. Um, so I do like the arc that they had with her. It does make sense talking about it. Um, I, I just didn't like the pacing. I thought that it could have done it a little sooner because then if you do it sooner, then you can have more of an arc. Right. You know, and she doesn't have to become this great good guy, but. You know, they could have fleshed it out a little more on the back end. Yeah, my my only issue, my only real issue with her arc, because I, I like it up until the end. My only real issue with her arc is her whole chasing Luke on Tatooine thing. Yeah. And, and like, she, she chases him down, and then she's going to kill this kid. I mean, yeah, I, I guess that would hurt Obi-Wan, but it was just a, it was a weird decision for me for her to go chase down luke and then when she gets the opportunity to kill him she's just like ah, oh, i can't do it and then she brings him back not dead they're just all like fine with her like i i get it she didn't kill him that's fantastic but i also wouldn't be fine with her like thanks for not killing him please leave get away from us yeah. You know, I wanted them to at least stay a little bit angry with her. Instead, they just kind of look at her awkwardly, like, what do we do? And then go and tend to Luke. And of course, I, I do think their priority should have been tending to Luke because they love him and that should be their priority. But they also should have stayed a little bit mad at Reva. I don't know. <laughs> all, all is forgiven. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks for not killing him. You brought him back unconscious, though. Yeah. And you probably gave him some pretty significant PTSD for the rest of his life. Yeah, which he seems non-affected by. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no issues. Yeah. Well, I did like, and this, is, this goes along with the taking the continuity seriously, he never saw a lightsaber. You remember that? Because he is instructed in episode four, this is a lightsaber. It's the weapon of a Jedi. But he could have very easily have seen her red lightsaber. But if you look at it, He's like running, climbing out the top of the roof, right? When she walks in and he doesn't actually see her lightsaber. So he has never seen a lightsaber. And I then, did not notice that at all. Cause I was thinking like, you know, along the lines of my like 
kind of like PTSD joke. I would act like, you know, yeah. Vietnam vet here in a chopper. Here in the rotors, yeah. You know, I wanted him, you know, him seeing Vader's red lightsaber being like, oh God, Reva. But yeah, I didn't. I did yeah. not notice that at all. Yeah, because we're in, they're in that canyon, and she has a red lightsaber out. He falls unconscious in front of her. Yeah. So I'm pretty positive that's why they did that. Because That's smart. Yeah, because it had to make sense that he didn't know what a lightsaber was in episode four. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, So because I also read a little bit about it online, mm-hmm. and people were discussing it a little bit, and they're like, yeah, actually, that's why they did that. And I'm like, that is very true, actually. Right. And then um and then Obi-Wan's just like, Oh, now you can be whatever you want to be. And I saw a meme, it was like, I'm Reva. Reva Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh but I, yeah. I I sort of read that line in a different way where he he is telling Reva this. I kinda also feel like he's telling himself this because he has now moved past his past and he can now be whatever he wants to be because to an extent he's also letting go of luke he says you know he is your responsibility now i'm not here protecting him anymore all he needs is you so now he has his own future and he can also be what he wants to be and i think you know i don't know if it had to do with leia and maybe this is part of a setup for another season or what? I don't know how they're going to do that. But I, I do think that was maybe some subtext to that line. It's like, you can you can be whatever you want to be. Yeah, you can, Obi-Wan. Right, yeah. <laughs> Speaking in the third person. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and I was, uh, overall, I'm okay with that that whole conversation. Because now, like, Riva is truly lost. Yeah. Uh, any purpose she has ever had, whether it was her purpose as a Jedi or her purpose as an Inquisitor... All of any purpose she's ever had is all gone. Yeah. What the heck is she going to do? Yeah. I mean, it's totally open-ended, you know. She can just kind of be like an Ahsoka situation. She kind of like throws her lightsabers away and she just finds a job. Yeah, I'm like, where's she going to live? Like, where, where's Reva going to... Does she have skills other than... Yeah, other <laughs> yeah. than murdering people? Yeah, like, what is she going to do with her life? I don't, I don't know. Do you think... What do you think? they're going to do with her do you think she's going to be in future media if they put her in other media i feel like we're going to see her make this total 180 turn because if they if they choose to use her elsewhere they're not going to have her live a normal life because that's not fun to watch and we we need the show to be fun to watch so if they end up using her elsewhere she's going to be this hero you know kind of redeemed jedi character and again part of what i liked about her arc was that she didn't that's not what happened with her i felt like it was more realistic like not everyone makes a 180 degree turn i mean i feel like her story reva's story is kind of a tragedy and and that's okay i mean it's not okay for her it's sad but it's okay to have a a sad arc and 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 she still didn't end up as a whole uh, you know she's still you know, got some sort of redemption, but she doesn't have to make this 180 degree turn. I'm okay with where her arc landed. I'm okay with telling myself she's going to go live a normal life now. Yeah. I'm frankly, I'm surprised they didn't kill her off. I really thought she was going to die somewhere during the series. Then, then her story really would have been a tragedy. Cause then it's like, all right, she got no redemption and she's dead. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I really do think it could be an Ahsoka situation where she's not, she's, you know, she's not a Sith or she's not an Inquisitor. She's not working for the Empire, but she also still feels betrayed by the Jedi. Right. You know, she's, it's again, like Ahsoka, like you guys burned me. I'm not going back. You know, I'm, I'm maybe still doing my good deeds on my own. Yeah, and she doesn't have to cut herself off from the Force. As Ahsoka didn't. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's actually, that would be a good way to use her in future media. If they were to do that, if they were to do it that way, I would like to see more of her if they were to do it that way. I just, I want to see it done that way. I don't want to see her make this 180 degree turn to be this Jedi. You know what I could kind of see her as maybe is like a Mandalorian situation, like a bounty hunter. Not not oh, evil you, per se, yeah. but and maybe not even using her lightsaber. But you know, she she needs a job, and she's good at finding. Like, kind of like Ventress, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, kind of like that. I mean, kind of yeah. gray, yeah. You know, just kind of in the middle, and they could figure out an arc for her. Maybe not. Maybe that's just she's just like, uh, I'm just making ends meet here, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I need more pucks and maybe I think she'd be she'd be good for maybe for a cameo. You yeah. Know? Instead of just giving her like her own series or making her a main character in something, like just have her show up somewhere, like later down the line. Yeah. And be like, oh crap, that's Riva. It would be during the original trilogy, right? I mean Yeah. Yeah. And and we just have you know, for the next like forty years in Star Wars, we already have a lot of material. I don't think we need more. I'm ready to start exploring some other stuff. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm enjoying the High Republic. I am very, very cautiously intrigued by post episode nine material. Yeah. Like, you better have a good reason, like they did in Obi Wan. Yes. You better have a very good reason and a good angle that you're going to come at it with because you don't want to beat a dead horse. Right. And so they had to find something fresh and new, namely, let's actually do a character study. In the Star Wars universe. I feel like that's pretty groundbreaking. That's not really been done before. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I have, this is, this is like, it's kind of nitpicky, but I do have a little bit of a gripe with one scene involving Leia and it's her chase scene at the beginning. Yeah. I'm like, how are you guys not catching her? <laughs> She's... She's 10, and she doesn't even look 10. She looks like she's 8. She's supposed to be 10. She's running. She doesn't even appear to be very fast for her age. You know? And they're not they're not catching her. And, like, she jumps in between these, like, two trees, these two, like, very thin trees. And the guy just, like, oh, gets stopped by the trees. And I'm like, go around them, dude. Yeah. Or jump through them. It's not even that narrow of a gap. Like, just... Keep following her, you know, and, and I feel like they could have done that a little bit better. They could have had, you like, maybe this is over the top, but they could have had her even, like, in her scared little running away actions, like, passively, very minorly using the force and not even realizing it. Like, oh, she she's like, oh, crap, and she, like flails and trips the guy and like doesn't even realize that that's what she did or like moves a rock in front of him without realizing that's what she's doing she's just trying to get away and like i don't know they could have done something it was just yeah the way that it was shot and the way that it was edited could have had a couple guards come out and like i know the whole point was no one knew she was taken but like they could have changed that 
mm-hmm. make the scene not look weird. They could have had a at least some guard show up and be like, oh, hey, and then that guy gets killed and then they don't know what, so they, then they still don't know why she was taken, but they could have had some sort of obstacle other than them just not being able to run as fast as a 10 year old girl. Well, the, what it looked like to me more is like, like they were playing, like, I'm going to get you. Yes. You know, that's exactly what it looked they like. They were chasing her around the woods. Like, <laughs> that's exactly what it looked like. Yeah. No, I see where you're coming from. I know it, it did look a little weird. Like, I'm just going to jump out. <laughs> okay you keep running yeah you know that's it it did look a little weird i love i love that leia was in this and i loved her arc and i loved almost everything about leia being in obi-wan it's just it's a it's nitpicky but that scene was just it was weird yeah it i agree it did did look (laughs) a little weird um and then Still, while we're on the topic of of Leia, you know, and they they had to give us answers to all the, the all the continuity questions. And one of the other, probably the other biggest continuity question, other than Obi Wan and Vader's conversation on the Death Star, um, was Leia's message to Obi Wan. Yes. Um, and saying, speaking like she truly does not know him at all, saying you you know worked with my father during the Clone War. And, you know, now the rebellion's asking you for help. And I'm like, they need to answer that. And they assured us that they would. And then they did. I'm like, that message could not get any more dangerous than it already was. Yeah. Like, someone finding that message that the princess of Alderaan is asking a former Jedi to join their rebellion against the current government... If they if they then added in that message that the two of them knew each other, I don't think anyone would have even that that would have been like the last thing on their mind when yeah. the Empire finds this message. That, that would have been the last thing they cared about. Oh, wait a minute. But they know each other? They're friends? Now we really hate them. Now it's a real big problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like the message was already she's asking this guy to join a rebellion and and join a, a war against the current government. It yeah. It it was just a weird like, oh, but no one must no one must know and then, you know, 15 20 years later, she still remembered that he said that. Oh, wait. But when I send him this message, I need to make sure that I act like I don't know him. Yeah. That's I, one of the only answers I'm not particularly satisfied by. I I do respect the fact that they didn't blow it off. They did come up with an answer, and I think the fact of the matter is there isn't a good answer, so we're lucky we even got one. I think that's what it comes down to. It's like, what can you say? I mean, what do you, Yeah. what answer would you give? It's just, it's a continuity error. I mean, it's. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, would I rather them, because the only other way to fix it is don't have a Leia arc in the show. Yeah. Would I rather them take out Leia's entire part of Obi-Wan and write something completely different? No. I really enjoyed Leia's part in Obi-Wan, so I can get over that little that little thing. But it is, it is one of the only answers I'm not satisfied with. Yeah, I think, like you said, I I appreciate that they respected the fans enough. To attempt. To <laughs> attempt, you know, to address it. Yes. You know, even if the answer wasn't totally satisfied. But one of the things that I like about the show and I very much appreciate it, is that they seem to respect us. Yes. And I really like that. You know, that 
even if we may not have been satisfied completely with the answers they gave, at least they were like, okay, we understand this is an issue and let's talk about it. Yeah, they really, really, really wanted to please us. And they, like you said, it, it was really a respect thing. They really respect the fans and and everyone who just eats and breathes Star Wars. Like they know there's a lot of, that, that this is a huge community of people that want it to go right. And they really cared about that. And I think with this show in particular, a lot of the old fans, they could really piss off. Right. You know, who are all about the original trilogy, like myself. And I think one of the gripes I had, which I told you about, is that the music. I felt like they didn't have enough music that sounded like... Star Wars. Star Wars. You know, it it, it just wasn't John Williams-y enough. Which, even in, like, Rogue One, you know, and other media, they kind of, like, throw in a couple of small, little subtle throwbacks and... Personally, I think you need that. Yeah. You know, it's it's it makes it feel more like Star Wars. Yeah, with Star Wars specifically. I mean, really with any media or with any live action media, like the score is really important. A lot of people don't realize how important a score is to a movie. But with Star Wars, the score is iconic. Yeah. And so now that it's all over, I understand now that it was a conscious choice. To wait. To wait because they wanted that last episode to... F- connect with episode four i see that i don't agree with it but i understand what they were trying to do i think if they were trying to do that they could have subtly like episode one and two have nothing a tiny little bit in episode three a little bit more in episode four and kind of build it a little more slowly kind of like with reva's character arc yeah to blend it a little bit better but instead they just like I mean, they had music, but like no like iconic Star Wars music at all, at all, at all. And then like, bam, slap the Imperial March on that one conversation with Palpatine. Yeah. And yeah. And, and then Leia's theme at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it was definitely a conscious decision, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was the right decision. I mean, this is very subjective. It's just an opinion. What's right? What's wrong? Yeah. But but I definitely see where you're coming from. Is like. They they could have tried to tried to blend it, bring in a little bit more, a little bit more as time went on, or at least at least in the Vader scenes a little bit. Just like yeah. you know, they don't have to play the whole Imperial March. One thing that that some of the movies have done really well is like have it in a different song, throwing in like a few consecutive notes from another Star Wars theme. Yeah. And it like creates this feeling. Yeah, and then you move on. And you move on, and you don't have to play the whole Imperial March. You don't have to, you know, or the whole whatever. Yeah, they could have done that differently, and I would have been happy with it. I think what they were trying to do is they were trying to cement the fact that this is Darth Vader, you know, and that's why they played it right at the end there when he had that conversation with Palpatine. Now let's play the march. Yes. I, I see what they were trying to do. It was a creative decision. I didn't agree with it, but... I'm glad that at least we got something, you know, at the end there. I'll take it. Um, let's talk about Qui-Gon Jinn. That w- I didn't think that it was going to happen before the series happened. I was like, it was like a pipe dream. I'm like, that yeah. would be so cool. Right. There's no way they're going to do that. But, but right it, in the very first episode. By the end of episode one, we're like, 
we're going to see him or at least hear him. We're, yeah, we're going to get him. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do it. And I got so excited. And then the question became, when is it going to happen and how is it going to happen? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, I want it now and I want it all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't want it to be a voice because I have read that Liam Neeson, he, he's kind of partial to like movies. He, you know, he's an older dude. I, I don't think he's understood that TV has now pretty much taken the place of movies. Like it's the quality is such that it's like on the same level. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that was his cover story. Yeah, you think like, he was trying to throw people off? I think that's exactly what it was because th- that is what he was consistently saying verbatim when people would ask him prior to Obi Wan coming out. Hey, are you going to be an Obi Wan? Are you going to be an Obi Wan? And Liam Neeson repeatedly said, "I'm just biased to the big screen." I, I I am he he repeatedly said I'm open to coming back to Star Wars. I really am. I would love to reprise my role as Qui-Gon Jinn. It would just have to be on the big screen. I'm just partial to movies. TV's not my thing. He yeah. told everyone that. Yeah. This yeah. wasn't this wasn't like, you know, some friends of Liam Neeson being like, I don't know, he really just really likes movies. No, like this is what he was telling everyone while he was filming on yeah. set of obi-wan like i think it was just him trying to throw everyone off yeah um well i certainly did because before the series i don't think anyone thought that qui-gon jim was gonna be in it no i like i for sure was like there's no way we we got our qui-gon already and but. see but and and this is again a testament to how smart the creators of the show were they didn't just throw him in because it was Fan service. fan service. It made absolute sense. It's part of Obi-Wan's character. It's part of his background. You know, they had that whole montage at the very beginning of episode one, you know, all that background. And they showed Qui-Gon Jinn. They showed yeah. him being killed. Like they showed. You had a, a, a theory about the way they would bring in Qui-Gon um, prior to us seeing it happen. You had a theory about how it would happen. And it was going to be like. Qui-Gon saying something to Obi-Wan during his final fight with Vader or something like that. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Vaguely, yes. That it would sort of be the impetus for him to defeat Vader or something? Is or, that what it was? Or, 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 or to let him go. Like it was going to be Qui-Gon telling Obi-Wan to let Anakin go. Right. And like that was going to be the first time he was able to successfully make connection with his old master was when he needed it most. And it was when he had to officially let go of Anakin. And after that conversation, I kind of got hyped for that to be the yeah. way it happened. And and that's not the way it happened. It didn't stop me from being incredibly hyped when he came out finally. But I do think that would have been a cool way to do it. Well, the the creative choice that they made, the writers and, and the showrunners was that they were going to use Luke and Leia to do it. That was going to be the driving force because, you know, he's stuck under all that stuff when he gets buried. Yeah. And so his his change was, I need to protect Luke and Leia. Like, they're the future. I need. I can't die here. Yeah. You know, and then that final, final fight, I mean, all right, screw it. I'm just going to go into it. Mm. But no, go Uh You really wanted to talk about the big angry vader scene right i i think you really like that 
I do really like that. I think it's awesome. He pulls the whole freaking transport out of the sky and then pulls it on the, to the ground and then rips the wall off of it. Yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, it's the wrong transport, whatever. But, I mean, of course it had to be. You can't just kill everyone right then and there. Okay, that's the end of the show. <laughs> you know, credits roll. Um, I thought that was awesome. And then his fighting with Riva was just like he was just playing with her the whole time he was just toying with her even when he did even when he took her lightsaber from her and he's like swinging it he never once swings it directly at her like he swings it just like in front of her and like he's just he's just messing with her the whole time and then he uses the force to like stop her from swinging at him and like this is what lightsaber fights like could have been like for so long like i've always wondered why don't force users use the force more in combat it's like they're either using the force or they're sword fighting it's always one or the other dooku flat out like makes the distinction like okay we're not going to use the force now we're going to fight with our lightsabers i'm like why why is there why is there this separation and we did not get that separation in vader and reva's fight especially well and and the obi-wan one of course but like he's just using the force for everything he flips her over using it he stops her from swinging at him she's doing the spinny inquisitor lightsaber thing and he just slows it down and just makes it stop spinning like it was awesome and they made this very clear distinction between like his power level and her power level she is i don't think pulls out his own lightsaber he doesn't. He, he he takes hers and he'll he uses that against her a little bit after he cuts it in half and throws the other half to her. Like bite me for my own amusement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he never even pulls out his own lightsaber because he he doesn't need it. Like she's not she's not even worth it. She's not even worth him pulling out his lightsaber. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was great. Now we can go into Obi Wan. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, here's a question. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you answered it. Why do you think he did that? Why didn't he just fight her with his lightsaber? I mean, why why go through all these theatrics and just like, I'm going to use the force and I'm going to do these? Personally, I think it looked a little silly. I kind of understand why they did it. I just think maybe the choreography or whatever, it's just kind of like him flashing his hand around. And it, I don't know. Just an opinion of mine. I thought it looked a little weird. I, I was trying not to laugh during it because it looked a little funny. But... Do you think he just did that because it was, you know, well, I don't, I don't need to fight you. You and I see eye to eye on most things. Hard disagree. Yeah, I know with you your, with your opinion on, yeah. on the fight. I, I just think he was, he was making a point to her. She's, she's just nothing. She's nothing in comparison to him. I think he's just, yeah, like it was unnecessary. And so it, to some degree, maybe even silly, but he's just, he's just making a point like why are you even trying like i am literally just waving my hand around and you can't touch me yeah like i i took it as him he's making a point to her like did you think you would ever be able to even attempt to do anything to me as if (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) like that, that, that that's how i took it like vader vader is as a character, he's such a dramatic person. 
he's he's all about the the drama whether anakin or vader yeah anakin's dramatic anakin's dramatic Va- therefore vader's dramatic he's a very dramatic person he doesn't need to do half the things he does oh i saw this one this one thing it's vader like standing on the edge of the ship at the end of rogue one and he's standing at the edge of this thing and he's like standing in space and his cape is flowing <laughs> and someone wrote like there's no wind in space so this is literally vader's dramatic self just using the force to flow his cape in space because he, because he it has because he has to look cool at all times i'm like of course that's not the intention there but i think it's hilarious and it almost fits the bill uh- I respect his commitment to personal flair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do. Well, I, and I also think in that scene the uh the Grand Inquisitor um says something that I think is actually important to a lot of people's gripe that they have about everyone surviving being stabbed with a lightsaber now. It was like literally everyone survives being stabbed with a lightsaber. The only person who doesn't is Qui-Gon and that sucks. But the Grand Inquisitor has a very, I think, important statement, and that's something along the li- along the lines of like rage and the need for revenge can do wonders, and I, I, do wonders for the will to live. For the will to live, thank you. And I'm like that. That is is the perfect explanation because everyone who we do see survive these horrible, life threatening injuries. Almost all of them are are dark side force users. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of on the fence about it because it it feels very convenient just narratively speaking that this character has to survive because you know, they got to be alive later on and it always seems to happen with dark characters, uh, you know, the Grand Inquisitor and then again in Reva and in other media. Um and then this is the answer that they have chosen within the universe it just happens to align oh yeah they're sith and they're very strong with the dark side and it does make sense i suppose and it actually goes along with previous conversations we've had and some in the anakin podcast which is like you know he fears death there's this fear of death and that's sort of one of these things that can turn you to the dark side is your fear of death and so your inability to accept that will keep you alive because you don't want to die kind right. of a thing. And so, and I get it. I understand that argument, you know. But but I was happy with them having the Grand Inquisitor say that as another, at least, attempt at an answer to a question people are having. Like, it keeps coming back to, they at least tried to answer everything. Yeah. At least and, tried. And I, and I respect the attempt. Like, I respect, they respect us as fans enough to address it. Yes. They don't just gloss over it and move on. You know, and I and I really appreciate that. Um, do you have a favorite episode? Probably the fifth episode, um, which is the with the Reva fight. Mm, it, it's got to be one of the last two, right? It, it, no, pro- it probably is the last episode. Actually, I mean the the Vader fight and and the the voice stuff. Nothing in the rest of the series compared to how well some of that stuff was done. That was, yes. And I mean, they, they built it up so much, it paid off well. I'd probably agree that the last episode was the best. I was kind of freaking out by the end of, end of episode three, 
because I'm like, all right, where are they going with this? You know, or even episode four, I think, was that where they went to the uh, Fortress Inquisitorius? Yes. Right. You know, and there was the cool moment with the all the Jedi or whatever that were encapsulated yeah. down in the bottom. You got to and see Terra Sanube there. Yeah, they had Terra Sanube there. Um, that was cool. That can totally be explored in the future, I think. Um, but I'm like, they only have two episodes left. And I feel like there's a lot to go. So I was kind of freaking out by the end of episode four. Yeah. You know, um, some of it felt rushed, like maybe Reva's character arc, you know, that felt a little rushed. The music thing I mentioned. Um, I thought episode five was really good. You know, finally we got some answers. Um, what did you think of what was the, the actress's name? You know, she was like working for the Empire and then she flipped. What's her name? Oh, oh, I don't remember. But yeah, I know. Tia? You're about. Is that her name? Tia? Yes. Uh huh. Um, I, you know, I thought that she was a good character. I didn't get all that much time with her to really develop all that much of a care for her. Like when she died. Yeah. I, I, like, it was sad when she died. I was actually considerably more sad when her droid died. Ned. When Ned died. Why is that? I don't, because it was. Because it kind of felt the same way. I don't know. It's this thing that they're able to do with droids somehow. They're able to use them however the heck they want. And they always get the right, the emotion they want out of us. It's the, just weird. He was the strong, silent type. Yes. And then he, <laughs> and then, I mean, partially because, because his death was so sacrificial. And hers was too, of course. I mean, she straight up suicide bombed herself. Yeah. But his was like, even before he knew she was going to do that, he's like letting himself get shot in the back while he covers her and like, I'll take all of this for you. And the, the sort of, we're not quite sure how much pain droids feel, but it is implied in some scenes that droids feel pain. I mean, like when that one's getting branded yeah. In episode six, like he's screaming. So I think droids, it looked painful, his death while he's covering her and he's getting shot in the back. And it's just, it was really sad. It was really sad. I kind of like that there was, when we first are introduced to him, that there's a little bit of ambiguity there because he, he's very imposing. Yeah. You know, and it, it was just a guy in a suit, which I thought was also interesting. Right. And he... It's funny, without him, like, he has no dialogue whatsoever. He does not talk. Loaders don't talk. And yet they gave him very human tics. For example, when he's holding that, like, hammer behind his back or whatever, and his thumb is kind of, like, like twiddling on it. Like, he's, he's, he's itching to use it. Like, he's waiting. Like, yeah, I didn't like, notice that. Like, like, not necessarily, like, I can't wait to use it, but just, like, whether it's a nervous tick or what, I don't know, but, like, his thumbs kind of moving back and forth on the handle of it. And there's, there's just a, it was just a human thing to see a droid do that. Yeah. They, you know, Star Wars, they like to humanize the droids when yeah. they want to. Right. And then dehumanize them <laughs> yes. when they want to. And, uh, but I, I think they did, I think they really humanized this non talking loader a lot. And it made his death very sad, almost sadder than hers. And I don't, again, I don't know why exactly that is. 
Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. Like, it was sad, and it was fantastic music during that scene. I thought yeah. it was really great. But um, Another reason why it was so sad. I mean, the score has a big effect on how you're feeling. Yeah, and you you use music to evoke emotion. Yeah. You know, which I, I think it's a very underrated, overlooked part of films are, are the music. Like, yeah, it's very important. People don't realize that if, if scores were taken out of most films that the quality of the film would all like across the board on most films, like you take the music out and it would not feel the same. It's watching like it. dead. Yeah. yeah. You need, you need the emotion there. Um, I also thought, what was his name? Um, the fake Jedi. Yeah. I don't remember his name. I thought he was hilarious. I thought he was a great character. Just like as as a side character, I just thought he was funny. Comic relief. And yeah, and and with the show being as dark as it is, I thought he was like just enough comic relief to not mess up the the overall feel. They never quite like made him truly a good person. Like he's still kind of a scumbag yeah. even though even though he's he's like he's not evil by any means. I liked him. He was he was okay. Like he, I could have done without him, but also I don't. It's okay that he was in there. You know, he was sort of neither here nor there for me. I I do think there needed to be like some levity at some point because that show is so dark. Yeah, and they didn't make it too over the top where you know you're rolling your eyes and you're like, okay, right, let's like, move on. Like what they did with like some of the humor and some of the sequels that's exactly what i'm getting at is that yeah. some of the sequel quote humor was just way over the top and it's like come on guys you're losing us right you know so i four episode four was probably the weakest for me and because See, I, I i have a hard time even remembering episode three what even happens i mean i know leia gets kidnapped but that's the one where they're in the desert in the mining town. Oh, yeah, that actually is a good episode. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I I did like 3. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I forgot the whole on the little train thing with the dude that rats him out to the empire. That was Zach Braff who yeah, did the yeah. voice. Yeah. Yeah. That was okay. one of my favorite scenes in the entire series was just that little interaction between Obi-Wan and the princess. Mm -hmm. You know, that it was so touching. I love that. Yes. Um a lot of people had gripes with that fight that they had at the end with vader and obi-wan liz my fiance was like that was kind of a lame lightsaber fight like they you know it's like it was slow and kind of like the finale fight not the finale fight oh. in episode three. Oh, uh-huh you know and i was like well i don't know maybe it's because it's more like the fighting in episode four you know i mean vader is not He's in that suit. He doesn't have as much mobility. I was sort of making excuses yeah. for it. Um, but I understand now that there was a reason for it. And it was part of Obi-Wan's character arc. And it's that he wasn't powerful. He wasn't, yeah. you know, he couldn't do the things that he could do later on in the series. And so he had to be kind of, you know, it, the fight was just not. Vader was toying with him to an extent, you know. Right. That was pretty awesome how he was dragging him through the fire oh my gosh god that was that good. was some of the, like the most terrifying vader content i've seen yeah you really see his rage come through yeah he's just burning obi-wan yeah oh my gosh i do think it was a little bit of a plot hole that like let's just throw up some flames between him and us and then we're just gonna get away 
Yeah, it's like, all right, Vader can absolutely, in that suit, Vader can walk through that fire. Yeah. It's for the story, obviously. We can't end the series in episode three. We need the story to go on. So that's just well, kind of what the, I talked about. There's still to. other ways to to make an escape. Yeah. I mean, I'm not... I mean, I I don't want to be one of those guys like, oh, you could have written it some other way, and then I don't have any ideas. Yeah. In my head canon, it was like, oh, he just wants to capture him again so that he can make him <laughs> suffer more. Or right. I don't know. I was trying to come up with some reason. But for me... I liked episode three, particularly because of that one scene. Um, episode four was the weakest for me, and I, I do think they finished strong, which is good. Yeah. Um, I had remembered what I previously couldn't remember, and I talked to you about it in our ambulance, which is I felt that Hayden Christensen was being underutilized, you know? Yes. And I'm like, what the hell? Where are the... The, the flashbacks. The flashbacks. I don't just want this dude in a suit and you tell us that it's Hayden Christensen. Right. Like, I need to see Hayden Christensen. Yeah. You know? And and the very next episode, the very first scene... We get old Padawan Anakin. Yes. And I was like, hell yes. Thank you. And it was pre-episode two, which I thought was a very interesting take. Yeah. You know? Because he had his hand... Right. So episode two hadn't even happened. But it's just, again, it's old man Padawan Anakin. Dude. And <laughs> I mean, Hayden Christensen's not that old, but you could tell he wasn't. Yeah. I thought they would have de-aged him, but they didn't. Like digitally a little bit. I mean, look what they did with Luke and Boba Fett. They could have digitally de-aged him yeah. a little bit. But at the same time, like, I'm so grateful to have those scenes. I don't even care. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine like, with yeah, it. whatever. He looks old. I don't care. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Like, I thought it was funny looking, but also like they give us a gift. Like, exactly. Like, let's just take it for what it is. Like, why am I gonna be nitpicky? Like, this is something I never thought I'd ever see. Yeah. So why am I gonna be nitpicky? Yeah, whatever. He looks forty. I don't care. Well, and again, to how smart the the writers are is. There's a reason for that flashback. It's not just like, hey, Hayden Christensen's on board. Let's have a cool flashback. It's like, no, throughout that episode, they were they were mixing it with the current timeline. And they were, you know, Obi-Wan is saying, because of his knowledge, as shown in that um, flashback, he's not going to wait. He's just going to attack because he has no patience. He's not... It added to some prequel dialogue where Anakin is like when, when Anakin's talking about how Obi-Wan's holding me back and I'm like when you watch the prequels you're like why is he even saying that like I don't see Obi-Wan holding them back really at all this flashback actually helped with that dialogue too because Obi-Wan tells Anakin like at the end of their duel like hey you need to like be more mindful of this and you need to have patience and you need to and it's like if they were having conversations like that all throughout Anakin's training, then I understand why Anakin is saying that in episode two. Well, and that's why it, that's one of the best things about this show. Again, it added more. It wasn't just like thrown in there. It added more to the prequels. It added more to the, the original trilogy, you know, and especially episode four, you kind of see a new dimension or things make more sense now Yeah, because of it. 
Like they, rather than create plot holes, they really just added, like they almost, they almost filled in holes, you know, for a lot of it. And yeah, they made it, they, they created a couple little new things, but they fixed more than they, 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 they fixed a lot more than they broke. Yeah. Yeah. Which in the Star Wars universe, especially, <laughs> there's a lot of media that I feel like it breaks as many things as it. Absolutely. You know, it creates as many problems as it solves. Yeah. And that's just Star Wars. It just is that way. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. Um, all right. Here we go. Here we go. The final scene, not the final scene, but it's the final episode and it. It's the penultimate scene in the show and it's the final confrontation between obi-wan and vader and it's not just been built up throughout the series it's been built up from the beginning of episode one yeah you know i mean it's been building for that long and it has it's to, been building for us since 1999 like we yeah <laughs> you know i mean this is 20 years in the making here yeah so it had to be huge i mean it had to be and i think they went into it with the intent of like rivaling that episode three sword fight. Right. You know, and that fight is like just amazingly choreographed. Yeah. I, th- I think. And so much more difficult with a freaking suit on. Yes. You know, like how much harder must that be with that helmet on with, you know, props to Hayden Christensen. I assume he did that. I think he did. I think he did. That's got to be really difficult doing stuff like that and all of that suit for Vader and for the actor. Right. <laughs> in yeah. that universe and this universe. Yeah. Vader's just a, he was a powerhouse. I mean, Vader is just stomping and he, I mean, and yeah, so some of the sword fighting is, is really, really well choreographed and they're like neck and neck. But then when Vader just like buries him in the ground and he's like, all right, he's had enough. And Vader, and like as a, as a watcher, I'm like, all right, he's had enough. Vader's like, nope, more boulders. And I'm like, all right, he's had enough. And Vader's like, nope. He's like, he just keeps burying him. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, this is the Vader we see in like, like video games, like Fallen Order. Like, this is the Vader that we see away from the big screen up until Rogue One, especially. Like, we never saw Vader like this in live action. Yeah. And this is this even surpassed Rogue One's level of Vader's power and ruthlessness. Yeah. Okay. So so like you said, he basically Vader was winning that fight. I mean, through the the beginning part of that fight, and then buries him, and then there's a turning point, and it's not just this arbitrary thing. It's very important to Obi Wan's character is that he finds the strength to come back and he does that by thinking of Leia and Luke. And it's part of his arc is that he's, you know, he has to find a reason to move forward because he's, he has very little reason to be alive, to fight, you know, at the beginning of the series, but he has all these thoughts going through his head. And then from that point on, he starts winning the fight, you know? Yes. And, I do think it's important that once he's sort of beating Vader, he starts using the butt of his lightsaber to hit him in the chest. Yeah, he's not trying to kill him. Because, and that was one of the other big things about the show, is that we, I think for the first time, we start to see Vader the way Obi-Wan sees Vader, which is to say he sees Anakin. Mm -hmm. He sees Anakin in a suit. Yeah. He doesn't see Darth Vader. 
And up until that point, that fight, he still sees him as Anakin. He refers to him as Anakin. And he, he just, he can't get past what happened. Yeah. And so until he sees him, literally sees his face, and then pretty much Vader gives him the permission or gives him whatever the impetus to be like, oh, one, let go of my guilt. Because he even says, he's like, it's not your fault. Yeah. You, you didn't know, kill Anakin. You didn't kill Anakin. I did. I, I did. And there's a lot going on in that because he sees himself. It's like almost a split personality that he has. Yes. You know, he just kind of like divorces himself from his identity as Anakin Skywalker. He really does. Yeah. Which is which is good for us because we have this like it's it's actually really hard for me to see Anakin and Vader as the same person because they don't even have the same voice you know yeah um they just they 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 don't really act anything alike other than the fact that they're both dramatic and angry um this helped that it's like Vader doesn't even see Anakin as the same person as Vader yeah <laughs> like and that's and that's. And that connects with episode four, where he says, from a certain point of view. Right. You know, and that's why, that's that whole thing is that's why Obi-Wan says this to Luke, because Anakin doesn't even see himself as right. Anakin. And and I never had a problem with that line to begin with. I was fine with Obi-Wan just kind of bending the truth to, to tell Luke that, just because he didn't feel like Luke was ready to, to understand that, hey... Space Hitler is your dad. <laughs> and, and R2's not a snitch, and he's not going to give it away. <laughs> right, because R2 ain't no snitch. Um, but So I, I never had a problem with it. I didn't think it was something that needed answering, but it's definitely a welcomed answer that I didn't ask for. To, to give even more of a reason for Ben to say that Yeah, was, was cool. Like, yeah. even Vader sees it that way. And so if it's from a certain point of view, and it's not just my point of view, it's even his point of view. Yeah, and I mean, to Ewan McGregor's credit, you see it in his face because he says, Anakin, and I've watched this scene a bunch of times, he goes, Anakin, you know, and then there's that voice effect, genius voice effect that they do where they combine Hayden and James Earl Jones. Incredible. I love that. And And like sometimes it's him, sometimes it's him, and sometimes it's both. And it's like just this cutting in and out. And I wonder from a technical standpoint, like how difficult that must have been because people don't speak at the same speeds or with the same mannerisms. And for the parts where they're speaking at the exact same time, like they had to get Hayden and James Earl Jones to say these things at the exact same time with the exact same inflection so that they can put them together and say, this is two voices for the same person. Yeah. I'm, my guess is they had James Earl Jones record it first. And then had Hayden match it? And then had Hayden try to match it. That would be my guess. Okay. Yeah, probably. Um, because James Earl Jones is as old as the hills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that man's alive. I know. Him and Ozzy Osbourne, man. I don't... Yeah. He has the rage that keeps him going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was... But, but let me go back to this. So... You know, there, you see it in Obi-Wan's face. He says, Anakin. And then, you know, he's apologizing. He, it's this horrible, remorseful, you know, I'm sorry 
for all of it, he says. His acting when he's doing that is just, side note, so good. Yeah, I mean, his heart is breaking. Yeah. You know, and it's like he is so hung up on what happened. And then and then it turns and he says, you know, I'm not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I killed him. And then right then he crosses that divide. Yeah. You know, and then the same way that I'm going to destroy you. And there's that great lighting change where it's blue on his face and then it goes red on Anakin's face or Mm -hmm. Vader's face. Yeah. The same way I will destroy you. And then right at that moment, he says it. He's like, then my friend is truly dead. And that's the point where it's like, he's gone. Yeah. You know, my friend is dead. And I said it while I was watching it. I said it to Liz. I understand they can't just have Obi-Wan kill Vader. I know. They can't do it. I'm like, it's Mustafar all over again. I know. You're just going to let gonna him, leave him leave him to murder how many more people throughout the galaxy, but they have to. I know. It's like and I I've, I've seen this brought up time and time again since since it aired online. Why didn't Obi-Wan kill Vader on that planet? Why didn't Obi-Wan kill Vader at the end of their fight? Why didn't he do it? I'm like because we have movies that take place after this. That's that's the reason. Unfortunately, that that is the reason. We have movies that take place after this where Vader is alive. We have a story that still has to be told. They're boxed in. It is what it is. Yeah. And they did the best they could. And I think they did the best that they could have done. They absolutely did. In that situation, you know. And then he uses the word Darth. He says, you know, so long, Darth. Yes, I love that. Because that's what he is referred to as. By Alec Guinness. Yes. And I, and I love that because I always thought Alec Guinness's calling Vader Darth w- was, was weird. It was like, like he referred to him by his title. Instead of calling him Vader, he called him Darth. But he was the first person we had ever met named Darth anything. So at the time, you know, in 77, no one thought it was weird because he was the only Darth. So yeah. it was Darth Vader, you know, call him by Darth. Um, as time went on, it became weirder and weirder to me for him to just call him Darth. Yeah. Um, but so then having him do that, say so long Darth, like he calls him that like as a point of acknowledging what he has become, not just who he has become, but what he's become. He is now a Sith. He is Darth. And then it flows right into Allegheny's old Ben, only a master of evil, Darth. And I'm like, oh, it's perfect. It's like they are truly the same person. Like, there's now there's hardly a divide between Ewan McGregor's Obi Wan and Alec Guinness's Obi Wan at all. Like, yeah, well, and I think it's great because you can now go back and watch Episode Four from this totally different perspective, and be like, all of those lines, you know, he's more machine now than man, twisted and evil. You know, he betrayed and murdered your father. And then in episode five, what I told you was true from a certain point of view. All of that now has more meaning. Yeah. Because of this show, you know, which I loved. That was the best part of the show. They couldn't have done that any better. Seriously, that scene, that that conversation between the two of them from every standpoint, from a writing standpoint, from an effects standpoint. 
it was so good from an acting standpoint from an acting standpoint I, absolutely i gotta say that was one creepy ass smile that hayden christensen had when he says i killed him he says i killed him and he has this creepy i grin. know you just see the corner of it and you're like oh my god dude <laughs> And that's why I, I saw some other people having a conversation online about like, like how, oh, that was Anakin's, like, like the last remnants of Anakin giving Obi-Wan a way out of his guilt. I'm like, no, did you see that smile he has? That's Vader taking credit yeah. for Anakin's death because he wants the credit for that. <laughs> He's happy about He's it. He's happy about it. Look at him. Yeah. Well, I do think that Vader slash Anakin... Vader sees Anakin as weak. Yeah. You know, and he's like, I am stronger now. Now that I'm Darth Vader, I am stronger than Anakin ever was. Right. You know, because he had weakness. He had Mm -hmm. attachments. He had all these other things. But he's like, look what I have become. I killed Anakin. I'm awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So one thing that I I did think was kind of silly, but... It's okay. It's another just nitpicky thing. Was Obi-Wan standing there with his arms open wide and just all the boulders flying by him? I did think that was... Into Vader. I was like, this is over the top. Yeah, I did think that was a little weird looking. This is so over the top. Like, come on. Yeah, I I agree. So I read a theory today. I told you I would come back to this. I read a theory about, like, why he's suddenly able to do this, like, so powerful like why he's just all of a sudden so much more powerful and able to beat Vader so easily essentially like and it's that and and this is this guy on Facebook and he's like I will die on this hill I've been saying it for a long time and and now Obi-Wan just proved it and it's that the light side is significantly more powerful than the dark side just objectively more powerful than the dark side but the jedi are never able to tap into it fully because of them shutting down attachments they shut down attachments because attachments run the risk of being bad and creating problems so they shut them down out of fear that that is going to happen because that's a real possibility but when attachments are good, when and, and it's hard to to make sure you never cross that line to having them turn bad, but when attachments are good, that is the purest form of the light side of the force, and look what it allows you to do. Right. And I can get behind that theory because it's his connection to Luke and Leia that that you just said, like that was the turning point for him in the fight. And now look what he can do with the force. All of a sudden, he's never been able to do this because he has these like like intense attachments. So, so basically, the Jedi intentionally cap their power as a way to mitigate the chance that they could fall to the dark side. They say we can only reach a certain level. Yes. Right. Okay. I I can get behind that. Yeah, I'm like mo- most theories, especially about such a large topic and especially a force related topic. I just, I can't get behind any of them. They're all, they're so often so ridiculous. But I'm like, this guy kind of makes sense. Yeah, I could kind of. I'm kind of okay with this theory. I could kind of see that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it's certainly not canon. Like, it's certainly not a fact, but I can see that being the case. This gets into something 
sort of ethereal, this grand thing for me. But I would have a different argument for why the light side is more powerful. Mm -hmm. And it's merely because of when you die, you, you become one with a force. You're a force ghost. That line, if you strike me down, I will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Yeah. That's absolutely true. And Jedi can reach a level of power that Sith will never be able to touch. Right. Because when they die, they're gone. Right. You know, they die. And so just from that perspective, it is true. I think it is true that the light is more powerful. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah, I think I but I, it, I, I think it's I, I think you're correct. I think it's more powerful anyway. But I thought that was that was a neat it was a neat Yeah. It was a neat theory. And I it's something that I certainly have, have an easier time seeing than a lot of other people's crazy headcanons online. Yeah, yeah. It was I did think it looked a little silly, you know. I Yes, yes it did. I, I understand why they did it. And I can let it go. Yeah, I can, I can I, let it go, but I, I know they had to do this big, huge finale. Got they got to keep topping themselves. They got it's this it's that we, we've had this conversation before about power creep. Yes, and that you know like Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, like they're like notorious for it. Like it's just they just keep getting more like, and it's just it gets to the point that it's just ridiculous. And like Star Wars is starting to do that. Yeah. I, I think it's a problem generally in movies that they keep trying to outdo know, we, themselves. Yes, we got to sell more. We got to do more. We got to go bigger. We got to do yeah. this and this and this. And that's you can't get bigger than Obi Wan lifting rocks. You know, in this cross position. Yes, just having everything <laughs> fly past him. You think you're space Jesus? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Cause, <laughs> yeah. Because you got this whole Anakin Messiah thing going on, and yeah. Obi Wan's just like, yeah, well, I'm a I'm on the cross, <laughs> and here's some rocks. <laughs> oh man, that went in a direction. <laughs> um. I, I told you about this one, just real quick, this one theory that I read. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I don't know if it was intentional or not. In the first fight with Ahsoka and Anakin, she cuts off one side of his mask, mm -hmm. and Obi-Wan cuts off the other side of his mask. And then at the end of Return of the Jedi, Luke completely pulls his mask off. So that was sort of like, you know, we have his Padawan make an attempt to get to him. Then you have his teacher make an attempt to get to him. And they could both get about halfway there. They could both get halfway there. It was sort of like this visual representation. And his son. of, And then his son ultimately is the one who can completely take his mask off, literally and figuratively. Right. You know, and sort of get through to him. Yeah, and, and I, I have a hard time... But maybe it is. I'm just skeptical of everything. I have a hard time believing that that entire visual thing is intentional. The whole half and half and then whole. I, I just <laughs> you can't do it. Well, I I think it's possible. I just I need to hear it from someone that's not like th just theorizing that because like like I because I have a hard time believing they were like actually thinking that when they're writing this. We're like okay. Obi-Wan's going to cut off the the half that Ahsoka didn't cut off so that we can show that they both made it halfway there, keeping in mind that Luke takes his helmet off at the end of episode six. Like, Yeah, that's a lot. Th that's a lot. But 
if it is intentional, it is genius. I hope it's intentional. I just have a hard time just jumping to that conclusion. Well, maybe it's just as simple as, okay, we're going to do another scene where half of his mask is gone. Let's uh, let's at least least, have it be the other side. Let's at least do the other side. That way it's not exactly the same. Maybe that's all it was, you know? Yeah. So I do have one thing, which is it's not just in this series. It's in basically all of the newer media, which is they're using practical lightsabers now. So they're not computer animated. So you get the lighting. Yes. So you get this lighting effect and they have keyed into this and now they started to use it to affect really great effect. Like in that last scene. Yeah. They really, you they can, really made good use of it here. Yeah. I and mean, you can all of a sudden you can really play with it now. Yeah. And you can really do things with it. And I love how they did that with the, the red on Vader's face, mm-hmm. that transition. Cause it's just a, a visual representation of what's going on there. Yes. It, it, it's another one of those things where it's like, you don't realize like, like consciously you don't even realize it's happening unless you're looking for it. Like with the, the score in, yes. in, in a movie or whatever, um, that consciously you're not even aware. And like consciously I wasn't aware of those lighting changes until you pointed them out, but yeah. you're absolutely right. Like seeing it go from the blue to the red and the red on his face as he's saying something so evil it is a really, really good thing. Yeah, it's it's subliminal, but it, it adds to it, you know. And I think, hopefully it doesn't get comical, but since you're using a, a lightsaber as a lighting effect, you have more of a reason to have a lightsaber out because you used to have to frame by frame cut that blade out and replace it with with that computer-generated effect or whatever. Sounds but like now, yeah, but like at the end of that scene... Obi-Wan has walked away, but Vader is still using his lightsaber for lighting effect. Right, yeah. He's still holding it right here. The actor has to hold it there. So, you know, there's this long wide shot from above or whatever, and he's totally out of the frame. There's no other Obi-Wan. They're also able to shoot these scenes now in darker settings. Yeah. Because they can use the actual light from the lightsaber to illuminate the entirety of the scene which is also cool because um, yeah. that fight, the, 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 that last fight between them was very dark, like, like, like a place that didn't have a lot of light. Almost all the light from the scene is coming from their sabers. Yeah. Which I think was intentional. Yeah. And I'm kind of annoyed that they never established what planet that was or never even made an attempt I know. to say what planet that was. Like we need a moody setting for this final. Did battle. they really not? No, I don't think it's ever... That's funny. I, I tried to look it up. I didn't see anything about what planet that was. And it's funny. Anytime I've seen anybody talk about it online, you know, like when they're asking questions, oh, like, why didn't Vader... Or why didn't Obi-Wan kill Vader? It's always like, why didn't Obi-Wan kill Vader on that one planet? Like, so yeah. I don't think anyone knows. Yeah. I don't. I just think they needed some moody pillars. Yeah. So that, so that they could chuck the pillars at each other. Yeah. We need some debris here yeah. from the environment yeah. we need some debris and we don't want their fight to destroy a town <laughs> like so many other yeah like superhero movies and stuff the debris they use are like buildings that people live and work in well actually maybe that's the answer right there is because obi-wan chose it i think he did probably would probably think, to, to keep it away from other people yeah because he was there first right and then Vader yeah he met ran him. maybe he, he just wanted somewhere that was secluded yeah out of the way like all right dude let's have it out <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, also I need weapons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need these rocks. Also Space Jesus needs rocks. Yes. I need ammo. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, because I totally glossed over it. The very first scene in the entire show, Order 66. Oh, yeah. Amazing. So good. The way, it was like this long tracking shot, you know, they were like running with the kids down the hallway and they yeah. never cut away. And I was the whole time I was like holding my fiance's knee, like, <laughs> oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. And, and it's like, cool. when it started, I was like, all right, how many times do we need to watch Order 66? And then I was like, oh, I'll watch it as many times as you want me to watch it. And this is what it's going to be like. <laughs> as long as it's good, they can show it to me as many times. I don't care. Yeah. It was... It's a big event in Star Wars. Right. Yeah. And it was really, that that was a really awesome opening scene. Also, the whole uh, toy that, that Obi-Wan gives Luke is the same toy he's playing with in episode four. Yes. Which I thought that was a cool little Easter egg for fans. And speaking of Easter eggs, hello there. Oh, yes. Dude. I mean, that that is fan service done right. Yeah. I mean, cause, like... Leia tells Obi-Wan to say hello to to the dude in episode three, and he says hello. And we're all like, that was a missed opportunity. No, it wasn't. They were saving it. Yes. And like, I literally cheered when he said hello there. And my wife, Cassie, who loves Star Wars, but, you know, isn't like... Super fan. Super fan. Did not understand why I was cheering at him saying hello there. Like, she didn't remember that that's his line to Grievous. So, and she, and she's not like reading Star Wars memes all day like I am either, where there's hello there is like a huge thing on the internet. Yeah. And so I'm like cheering for this very simple line. Well, she's like, what's going on? I'm like, that's it. That's the line. That's what we've been waiting for. I was laughing. I was, I was telling Liz, I'm like, I can't believe they did that. They did that. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of, that's hilarious. But it's also Alec Guinness said it too. Right. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I saw a TikTok and it showed all of them like in order. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Yeah. You know? And I was like, wow, that is so cool. I love that they did that. They, honestly, they could have just ended the show right there. You're like, hello there. And then cut the black. In credits. Yes. Yeah, they could have. But they had to show Qui-Gon. They dude. had to show Qui-Gon and it was it was so good. I mean, anybody who's listened to to some of our other episodes know like I love Qui-Gon so much. Yeah. And I like so, him a lot more after knowing you. I, I appreciate him more really? after talking with you about it. He, he I got good. another one. You <laughs> got another one. Okay, last last question. Do you think they're gonna make more? And do you think they should make more? I guess that's two questions. I, I do think they're going to make more eventually. I don't know if it'll be right away. I do think they're going to make more because they like money. And <laughs> fans are asking for them to make more already. You know? And I, and I think that... So, so I, I think there's a very good chance. I'm, I'm not, I won't say definitively. I do think there's a very good chance. Um, I read an article recently, and, the, and it was one of the execs or one of the writers or whatever, and they were like, are you going to make more? And his answer was, that's up to the fans. I'm like, okay, then they're going to make more, like, because people are asking for it. And I just, I don't want them to mess it up. I was so worried they were going to mess it up as is. I don't want them to then add more to it and it not be as good. And it just like, 
You don't want to water it down. Exactly. Like it's just, it's, I think it's perfect as is. I mean, not perfect, but you know what I mean? Like, I think it's great as it is. And I don't want to, I just don't want to lose that. Yeah. You want to keep it fresh. And I'm sure they could, they could go more into his training with Qui-Gon and, and, you know, they, they alluded to the fact that he could not alluded, but he could just like go off and have adventures yeah. Or whatever. All, you know, up until his, you know, fight with Maul and Rebels. He's got to, at some point, you know, looks at his watch. Wait, I got to go back. I got to go back to Tatooine uh, to kill Maul real quick. I got to kill Darth Maul. Yeah. Or just Maul. Um, I agree with you. I think they probably will make more. And no, I don't think they should make more. I I was kind of on the fence, but with having, you know, some time has passed now. I've had some time to think about it. I'm like... Just leave it alone. You know, it's it was conceived of to be basically a really long movie. And and it was made in such a way. Just leave it, you know? Yeah, and, and another reason I don't think they should make more is because they didn't plan on doing it. Yeah. So now if they're going to do it, they have to now come up with something that they, had, that they didn't have plans for. It's going to feel tacked on. Yeah, and I just like... To me right now, it feels like a cohesive story. It has a beginning, middle, and end, and I'm good with it. <laughs> that meme that you showed me, like, I want more, and right. I know I shouldn't. Yeah, and it's Anakin saying <laughs> yes. it. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. So, okay, so that is our prediction. This this was recorded after the end of what is either the Obi-Wan series or the first or season. Or season one. Yes. Yeah. So we we think they'll probably make more, but we don't think they should. But it was great. But it was great. Overall, I think we both really liked the show. We like where they went with it. Yeah. I think smart people made it. Deborah Trow, awesome job. Yeah. I think Jacoby Harold, I think, is the guy's name. He was the creator of the show, and he wrote every episode. Um, he was the guy job. that everyone was coming at. Right. For stuff, for like, why did this happen? He's like, hang on, just wait. Yes, wait, just hold on. So that was cool. That was a good conversation, I think. I think we nailed pretty much every everything we were going to do. We actually have already recorded a podcast. About ships. Which I just haven't edited yet. I felt like this one was important to get out people to listen to. You know, the show is not long. Yeah. Not long done. Um. Hopefully, Nick and I can keep doing this, you know, just on a personal note. We have been partners, you know, he's a, a paramedic and I'm the EMT and I am now going to go to paramedic school and we're not going to be partners anymore. We're friends now, which is great. You know, I have found a friend, you know, we've both connected on Star Wars. Yes. And yeah. and we're definitely going to keep our friendship going and we definitely want to keep recording. So hopefully our our podcast releases are not too hit, hit, yeah changed by too this. few and far between you know i'm gonna be very busy in school you know nick is still working as a as a medic so, so we will do so, our best yeah over the next year we'll do our best to keep these coming but but just keep that in mind if if there's ever a little bit of a lull you know that there's a lot of stuff going on in the real world so yeah we kind of we we spit out a few there quickly there at the beginning and so we will try our hardest to keep things going and i've been looking at the numbers and there are more and more 
kind of at an accelerating rate, people listening to our podcast and people really love that Anakin Skywalker podcast. I know we got a lot of listens on that one. Yeah. And this is sort of a bookend to that, you know, right. More yeah. characters. So, so you all keep listening. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you guys next time. Right. Or again, I said it again. Yeah. We'll talk to each other next time and you'll listen. We're going to talk to each other next time. <laughs> and then you guys will listen to us talk. And not be able to interact with us at all. (laughs) All (laughs) Have a good one. Have a good one.